When I talk to property investors, they often tell me using debt is a key advantage over other asset classes. In the stock market, using debt is often called gearing. The new BetaShares Wealth Builder Funds, ASX ticker symbols G200 and GHHF, offer moderate gearing across Australian and global shares for investors who are comfortable with the higher risks associated with gearing their investments. You can discover how they work by visiting betashares.com.au. Please don't forget that gearing magnifies gains and losses, so read the relevant PDS and TMD on the website and consider if the fund is right for you. BetaShares Capital Limited is the issuer. Is there a Spotify wrapped for investing? If you want to invest in shares or ETFs, our friends at Perla are more than one step ahead of the curve. On average, people who use Perla invest $1,750 every month. That's what we want to see, proper dollar cost averaging. With automated investing tools making your life simple, Perla investors have well and truly mastered the art of investing small bits lots of times. So if you're ready to start growing your net worth in 2024, follow the link in your Spotify or Apple podcast player right now to discover how you can get started today. Welcome to the Australian Finance Podcast. I'm Kate Campbell. And I'm Owen Rusk. And we're here to give you the tools and knowledge to invest both your time and money better. If you're new, feel free to jump in with our Starter Pack series that aired in early 2022 or our Shares or ETF mini series. We've got plenty to share with you in today's episode, but if you want to catch us on socials, head to Rusk Australia on Insta and Twitter. I'm also found at Kate Campbell AUS on Insta. And I'm Owen Rask AU on Insta. Just beware of the fake accounts. We'll never DM you about trading strategies or crypto. And if it sounds a bit weird, it's probably not us. And just one final heads up before we get into the show. This podcast contains general financial information only. Kate Campbell, welcome to this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast. It is wonderful to be back, Owen, to talk about a topic that is on everyone's mind right now. Yes, red alert, red alert. Inflation is 7.8%. It's what all the kids are talking about, Kate. I know. I'm hearing it in my coffee catch-ups with friends. I'm hearing it on the train, conversations I overhear as I'm walking around. Yeah, everyone's got an opinion on this thing called inflation. So, we're just going to add to that noise. Yes. Uh, and we're, we're going to give you some ways to fight back against inflation. Some ways that maybe this is the first time you've ever had to think about this uh, of how do I actually get ahead while inflation is so high. Like my money is not going to be worth as much if I don't do anything about it. So what can I do? And things are a bit more expensive. And if your mortgage repayments have been going up, you might be thinking there's a little bit less room in your budget for things like reaching your other saving and investing goals or putting Mm. money towards a holiday. So you may have to start making some choices between what's a priority in your budget right now. Absolutely. A constant trade-off, like for five or 10 years, we had falling or record low interest rates, which basically meant that people felt like they had just abundance. There was so much money around uh, and wages were going up and inflation wasn't. Now we've got the other thing where some people's wages are definitely going up. Like I've seen that, definitely. I think some of the numbers maybe mask the reality. Have you given yourself a pay rise, have you? No, I haven't. So, um, RBA, if you're listening, please give me a pay rise. But uh, seriously, I've found that some people are getting paid a lot more, which is keeping up with inflation, but a lot of people aren't. Mm, and some tech firms in Australia have been making redundancies. Yeah, redundancies, which is even pointer. And so, 
there are multiple reasons why things are getting more expensive and people's incomes aren't keeping up with that, i.e. they're going backwards. So, so that's what we need to talk about. are you going to give me a bit of a crash course on what inflation is? Yeah, sure. For anyone that's not sort of finger to the pulse on this whole thing because it is in a lot of articles. And then we will go through 10 ways that you can actually do something about it and take some action with your finances because yeah. there's no point just reading all these headlines. We really want to focus on taking action and looking after our own finances at the moment. Yeah, it's interesting, Kate. So about a year ago, our most popular episodes on this channel were around investing. Fast forward to now, the most popular episodes are around saving money and inflation. So it's funny how in just a year, the tide has turned and mm. the different things that we are all interested in. So we don't want to feed too much on um, like what is inflation, blah, 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 blah but uh, get to the actual things that matter. So just quickly what it is, uh, inflation is the, the cost of things going up. So you can have inflation in everything. You asked me for a funky example or a different example other than just our coffee, which we've I got here. I definitely use the word funky. Kate said, I want the, the super funky version, which I said eggs. Eggs are one thing that have gone up very fast. In the last year, the price of eggs, according to RBA data that I saw, has gone up faster than at any point in the past 20 years. So... This is like, they've got this category for eggs, jams, oils, and snacks, uh, which is what they call other food in their food price inflation chart, which shows that the price of these things have gone up more than 10%. Um, and that's higher than any time since 2002. 10% in the last 12 months? 10% in the last 12 months. So inflation is measured at various points, but it's typically when you see it in the news, it's a yearly figure. Yeah. So even if, for example, this month they did a reading uh, and it goes back and compares to 12 months ago. They're measuring it over a year. But then what they what we try to see is we try to see the monthly inflation readings coming down because that will eventually show after you know a few months that the overall thing is dropping. So once they measure it over a full year. Mm. So that's what we kind of do. The problem with, okay, just quickly why this is an issue. If inflation keeps going up, what happens is people's wages have to keep going up. And if people's wages keep going up, well, things keep going up. And if things keep going up, wages have to keep going up. And all of a sudden, you end up in this like spiral of inflation. And you end up in a position where ultimately, the, the, the long story short is that you end up in civil war, basically, because people that you get huge inequality. The, the haves versus the have-nots. The haves end up benefiting from inflation and the have-nots, those people who lose their job and that sort of stuff, go backwards faster than ever before. So we try and, as a, a society of financial system, we try and tame inflation. And that's why you might be asking, well, why do we have interest rates going up? People are going to lose their jobs. Yes, but the alternative is far, far worse. So that's why we try and control inflation. And you can see that playing out like bread and cereal products, uh, even dairy. Um, all of these things have gone way up in price and that is inflation hitting you. Um, and your mortgage has gone up as well. So this is all to try and slow down spending in the system, to slow down the products going up. Because you got to think about, okay, we're just talking about Josh's eggs off air. If Josh's eggs, I don't know how much they are, but you go and buy them at 10 bucks, right? And you've got to squeeze like the pinch of spending, you need to cut your budget. You're going to go for the cheaper version. Yeah. the right? There's like $5 free range yeah. home brand eggs. Yeah, exactly. So then you'll go switch to that. Even though it might not be what you want, you will choose to do that because- mm -hmm you realize like, hey, I need to save money where I can. And that eventually, that decision, you times a million people, eventually means that the price of eggs falls. Yeah. I mean, I've been even opting to have dinner with friends and meal prep 
at home instead of actually going out as much. I've definitely started to change my behavior there because I am feeling the that groceries are more expensive and going out's more expensive and my variable home loan has been going up. Yeah. So just quickly on this, okay, there are three reasons why inflation matters to every single person listening to this right now. Right. Number one, inflation is more than the interest that you'll get on a bank account or a term deposit. It's more than your mortgage. Inflation is more than wages are going up. And third, inflation is more than what your your mortgage has gone up. So basically, whether you're a saver, whether you're investing, or whether you've got money, you know, just kind of invested in your property, doesn't matter. Inflation is still higher than that, meaning that next year you're going to go backwards. And if you include like your paid tax on your interest that you get from your bank account, you're going backwards. And here's a quote from the RBA from a recent statement. It says, while the circumstances that gave rise to the current inflation are different, insert to those of the 1970s and 80s, the effect of inflation is the same. It erodes the value of savings, put pressure on household budgets, and hurts people on low incomes the most. And the economy doesn't work well when inflation is high. It is harder for businesses to plan, and people spend time protecting themselves against inflation rather than on more productive activities. And if inflation becomes ingrained in expectations, it requires higher interest rates and a large increase in unemployment to get it back down again, mm. end quote. So basically, just what I said, we need to get inflation under control. In the meantime, it's going to hurt. So we need ways to solve that, Kate. And that's why we're here. Yes. All right. Well, the first thing we've got is being the best at what you do, and that's focusing on your career and how you can take control of that right now. So I did an interview recently with Shelley Johnson, author of Sort Your Career Out, mm-hmm. um, all about this and what you can do to make yourself indispensable at work, which is a great episode to check out. But thinking of ways that you can make sure you're upskilling yourself I mean, a great way for me to spend less money is by studying something on the weekends. You really don't have a life for a while. So that's one option, upskilling, keeping a file of all the things you've done well at work, customer feedback. So one, you can take that to your job if it comes down to you or someone else. You can take it to your manager for a pay rise negotiation. Or if you do get made redundant, you have all this evidence that's hopefully not on the work server and you've um, Hmm. kept a copy for yourself on a USB somewhere that you can take when you apply for your next job that really shows that you are the person for that position. Yeah, so Warren Buffett talks about this a lot. He got a lot of questions on that on this topic in the annual meeting and his basic response is the best thing you can do against inflation is make sure you're employable. Uh, Be the best at what you can do is what you said. In 2004, uh, Warren Buffett said that the career is the best ma- way to maintain purchasing power. So if you're good at your job, if you're exceptional at your job, you will always find work and you will always be able to trade up. Um, yeah. It might take a little while. You might have to use your emergency fund during a period of unemployment, yeah. but you've got the skills to differentiate yourself in your industry to get that next position. And we're seeing, and another way to see this is imagine he uses an example. But um, imagine, say, for example, your education. Education costs have continued to go up over many years. But say you were educated 10 years ago, you got a degree or you were a tradie, and you, tradies will remember getting paid like 250 bucks a week when they first started <laughs> or whatever. But the your education costs are in the past. So that means they're in dollars that were paid for many years ago. And what that means is you're earning money today based on an investment you made many years ago at a lower rate. So that's what Warren Buffett calls old dollars. So educating yourself and investing in yourself right now is something that pays dividends, not just today, not just next year, but for the whole span of your career. 
That's why most people say investing in your career is one of the best things you can do, investing in yourself. And when you're at the start of your investing journey, it feels like you're making really small progress. Like getting to that first $100,000 can take a very long time. But in your 20s and 30s, you can make some really meaningful um, headway Mm. in your career by taking strategic moves, upskilling, negotiating your salary, switching careers. So you can be very strategic with what you do now to increase your income, which means you have more money to invest down the track. Absolutely. And speaking of being strategic, Kate, the second point on our list of 10 ways to beat inflation is get multiple sources of income. Every YouTube promo video says, listen to this ad and you'll get passive income. Is this what we're talking about? How do you get multiple sources of income? Yes, the the classic passive income videos on YouTube. Well, some of those methods work. Some are a little debatable and some are probably a lot harder to do. But talking about how you can find some other sources of income so you're not entirely dependent on that one nine to five job. So even if it's taking on a few extra shifts to bolster your emergency fund or give you a bit of extra dry powder on the side so you have some money if anything happens, uh, it might be something that your friends and family keep saying, that's amazing, I want one of those, Mm. can that be a side hustle? And it doesn't, side hustles don't have to be forever. They could just be for six months Why you put a little bit of extra money aside. Um, It might even be writing freelance for a company. There's all sorts of things. We shared um, at least 20 different ideas in a recent episode on the podcast from our community. So I'll link that episode in the show notes. Yeah, we did a uh, get the feedback from y'all and it came via Instagram and there's so many great um, examples of things, you know, things like selling things on the side, starting your own business at home, whatever it might be. Constructing Ikea furniture. Yeah. Oh, yes. something I just paid someone to do. (laughs) Yeah. So, there you go. If you do want to meet Kate, uh, (laughs) just hang around Ikea. Just kidding. Um, So, number three is discretionary items, Kate. So, a lot of people have, how do we put this, a little fat that they could trim in their budget. Um, I definitely did. I recently redid my budget. What did, what, how do you identify what is discretionary? What does that even mean? Yeah, discretionary are those things that are nice to have, but you don't have to have them. So, five Mm. streaming services isn't a necessity, I would argue. Mm. Maybe some people will debate me on that. I don't know if you have. I definitely have five. Yes. Okay. (laughs) But I I value it Um, very highly. Well, there you go. Yeah. But if times got tough, you could cut them. I would probably keep Disney. Yeah. Okay. That's like a non-negotiable for you. (laughs) Or Netflix. It'd be hard. If you have a view on this, please let us know. But like your Mikey, if you have to work in person in the city, you have to keep paying for that expense. It's not really negotiable. So it's not discretionary. No, that is a must. So it's a must. Okay. So yeah. what's a discretionary thing, like a want? We've got things like groceries. There's often a bit of wiggle room there because you could shop at, shop around. You could make sure you maximize the sales using the rewards programs. Effie Zahos was telling me if you shop later in the day, things are generally... Yeah, cheaper because there's more sales on and they need to clear some stuff. Like fruit and veg and meat and that sort of stuff. Yeah, or even sometimes going to a fruit and veg store that's near one of your big supermarkets, they might have some better prices on different fruit and veggies. Or even things like olive oil or dishwashing tablets. If they're half price, well, can you stock up with a couple of them a few months out? So Yeah, so those items that are Mm non-perishables, yeah. So basically anything that might be... So discretionary expenses are things that like... uh, you have discretion over. You can yes. choose whether you have it or don't have it. Or you um, can choose the type. The type. Like of you thing. might still need meat, but 
there's a whole Maybe range. Maybe you need the cutlets, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They're you, like 40 bucks a kilo. You can go from Wowzers. a premium steak to home brand mincemeat. <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. there's, a, there's a wide spectrum. Actually, I did try and um, get on this bandwagon. So I was like, how bad can the regular min- mints be? I don't need that premium stuff. And then I had it and made tacos. I was like, well, now I know. Tasty as anything. But there's a lot of fat that comes with it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you can make a trade-off basically on those items. And um, one of the great yeah. things that came through that Effie Zahos episode and interview that you did, Kate, was she said, when you shop online, and this is really relevant for me because I do a lot of my shopping online, unless I go to directly to Aldi, I do a lot of sh- my shopping online. And she said, there's an option there, which I totally just like sometimes click this, but she's like, have it set on permanently, which is you can sort the list of items say like if you're on Coles or Woolies online, by the price per unit. So you can go like if it's toilet paper, just go to like the lowest price per unit and then see and shop that way. So you get presented the ideas that are the cheapest per unit first. Yeah. Rather than like this week's special or this, like who knows if it's this week's special really, honestly. So um, that's that's a little online tip there. Uh, so Kate, the next one is update your budget. I mentioned before I updated my budget. What should people be keeping look out for? Yeah, I think it's a good time, especially if things are starting to feel tight, to really go through and look at where all of those spending areas are and how much you can actually save because it might have might have changed. Mm. And you, one of the things that can be a bit challenging, and I know a few people wrote in on the back of Effie's episode, is that people might have been saving $500 a month for their saving and investing goals before, but for reasons like cost of groceries going up or their rent's gone up or their mortgage has gone up, suddenly they don't have as much they can save anymore. And so you might be working towards a goal that's just not achievable right now on your budget. And that's why I think it's a great time to go through, reevaluate, look at all the categories. Is there any areas you can reduce? You might be able to Mm. cut the cost of some of your bills. Some might have gone up, so there might not be as many options there. But even resetting your goals and things so they are realistic where you are right now and you're not striving to achieve something that might have been possible 12 months ago, but in this current era is not. Yeah, that, that's so fair. Like we look at the uh, annual, so the, the government puts out the uh, Australian household savings uh, number, which is like, it's a percentage of how much households on average save. And the the number has fallen dramatically since COVID. So since COVID, where it was at like a record, I've got it here. In um, the quarter, in the middle of 2020, households during COVID were saving 23% of their income. That's huge. That is a very what's, high savings what's rate. What's the amount now? 4.5%. And so that just tells you how far we've come in such a short period of time. Like I'm just holding up my computer to Kate here. It's gone literally from a straight line during COVID, the household savings rate, just straight down. Mm. So what that is telling you is that households had this huge buffer during COVID because they couldn't spend money, but they were still earning the same thanks to all the government incentives and whatever. But then what's happened is that swung so far down close to zero, which is more in line with its average. So now households, instead of saving 20% of the income, are saving 4%. Now- you're like, okay, that's a that sounds about right. Like it sounds like my household because hey, I'm paying another thousand bucks on my mortgage every month. And the rent is saying, Hey, I'm paying another thousand bucks on my rent. And all of a sudden you do that, and then you got like, hey, I'm spending an extra ten percent of my eggs. Like you start to see these things really bite. And that's what we're seeing now. So that's why I had to go back and do my budget because I literally had to go through and be like, hey, 
this thing that I've been paying for for 12 months, I haven't used it. Let's get rid of that. Yeah. And it might only be a few dollars here or there, but it's a few dollars. Like car insurance, mm. shop for that, you know, for a yearly package or Amazon Prime, yearly package, not month to month. And just doing that reset is so important. Yeah. And I think going for your budget a couple of times a year is a, a great way to get on top of where your mm. money is going because most of us know what's coming into our bank account because if we've only got one so- main source of income, our nine to five jobs, we keep an eye out for that paycheck when it hits every fortnight or every month. We know if it doesn't arrive. I, My sister was telling me the other day <laughs> hers was a couple of days late and she was a bit agitated about that. Like you notice if it doesn't come, but we often don't notice all of those little expenses that just pop out of our bank account on a regular basis and they can add up. Absolutely, they can. So, number five, and this is something that we've kind of talked to a little bit, is savers are finally being rewarded. So, all the people that are retired and got the cash sitting in their term deposit there, got their hands up in the air going, yeah, um, I get some interest on this. However, I did add the caution at the top of the show to say that, yeah, it it seems great, you're getting 5% interest. However, you're affected by 7.8 inflation just as much as the next guy or gal. So, savers, yes, are being rewarded. However- you got to be careful if you keep your money in savings for too long, your purchasing power will diminish. Does that make sense, Kate? Yes, yes. But it is a good time if, you have, if you're someone that has an emergency fund, if you're saving up for a house deposit, a holiday, you can make sure you've got the highest interest rate on your savings account. Absolutely. You can. Or on your mortgage, the lowest rate. Yeah. 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 You want to kind of have the opposite thing, two different yeah, absolutely. Ideas here, but even just I know I noticed ING the other day were up to five percent. They have a few criteria you have to meet, of course. Um, and Ubank, there's a couple of others that are very high at the moment, getting quite close between the four and the five percent. Some of the banks are offering now on mm-hmm. your interest for your savings account and term deposits, similar as well. Yeah, so I think we were talking about this the other day, actually, where term deposits, like the longer ones, like the three, four, and five-year ones, are starting to not go up as much. Mm. And what that means is if you go to a bank's website and you see that the term deposit rate for three years, four years, and five years isn't as high as you'd think, that is them basically suggesting, but they could be wrong about this, but it's basically them suggesting, we think interest rates might fall. So, just in case over the next three to five years, we're not going to offer you as much. So, we're going to offer you a rate that doesn't seem as compelling. We want to push you into the one to two year term deposit, not into the three, four, five. But I think there may come a time where being in one of those long term term deposits Mm. makes sense. Now, it's a completely different conversation, so I won't bring it too much in here, Kate, but- um, there is a case to be made that now maybe is a time to start considering bonds. So we've talked about that over on the Australian Investors Podcast. If you want to hear more about that, tune in on Saturday morning. But maybe there's a time now where you don't have to just take savings accounts. You can also use the bond part of your portfolio, which is a bit sounds a bit boring, but it's actually the same type of principle. So number five is savers are being rewarded. Shop around is Kate's message. Number six, Kate, is investing companies that can raise prices. All right. So, oh, and number six, and I know you discussed this on one of your live shows the other day, but it's investing companies that can raise prices. So, this is kind of like, I feel like this is the flip side of I'm paying more for my coffee shop, Mm. coffees in the morning. So, you're wanting to invest in companies that can get away with charging more for coffee. Yeah, that's it. So, there was a big um, hoo-ha in the the media recently about uh, companies are the reason we have inflation. And I don't buy that at all. Um, like, well, not at all. I do buy it in part because, of course, yes, there are some parts of it where companies are using inflation as an excuse to raise prices. I'll give you an example of a company that reported pretty good results. Wes Farmers, which owns Office Works and 
uh, Bunnings and all that. Now, there's a whole reopening trade here, like where they were pretty constrained last year, but their sales went up pretty strong, right? Let's say, for example, I don't have the number off the top of my head, but let's say it went, they went up 20%. Now, we know inflation's about 8%. So, does that mean that they increased prices or they rolled out more stores or was the reopening? In any case, some companies have the ability to increase prices at least to keep pace with inflation. So, that means that even though the dollar value of like profit has gone up 7.8% this year, the actual amount doesn't really make a difference because what's actually happening is it's just keeping pace with inflation. Now, there are some terrible businesses out there that cannot do that. When I say terrible, it's most businesses actually. They don't have the ability to pass on their increased costs to their customers because they just don't have a good enough product. Mm. So think of a product or service that you might use. Maybe it's like, say, even your bank. Like you said shop around for a better rate before. Well, if ING has a better rate than Commonwealth Bank, well, we'll all just go to ING, won't we? Yeah. So that's where- When you don't have affinity with the brand. Yeah, when you don't love the bank, right? They kind of do have what we call switching costs, but many businesses don't have the ability to say, like say a coffee shop is another good example. If one coffee shop is next to another coffee shop and they sell exactly the same beans and they're just as good as another, you'll go to the one that's cheaper, mm. right? So we want companies that do the opposite of that. We want companies that unless can- Unless it's premium. Yeah. Yeah. Unless it's a premium coffee for whatever yeah. reason. But we want companies, like we'd rather own the coffee shop that does its own beans and has a good reputation than the one that's just run of the mill. Yeah. And this is what we're looking for in the stock market. So I'll give you an example, right? Uh, is Zero a company that I own shares in? So fully full disclosure, I own shares at the time of recording in Zero. It does accounting software for businesses. It handles all of our back office. It does all of our superannuation, all of our payments to employees, etc. Zero charges like fifty or sixty bucks a month. The fact that I don't even know exactly what it is shows you that it doesn't really matter. It's definitely not one of the highest business expenses we have. No, exactly. Now, if Zero was to come and say we're increasing our prices twenty percent, I'd be like, yeah, sure, I'm not going to get rid of it. So that's an you're ex- so integrated as well with zero. Exactly. Like it would take so probably much like effort. twenty hours to learn a new system and set everyone's details up. Exactly. So I'm not going to do that. So that's an example of a company that can raise prices and not really lose any customers. Yeah. And so that's what we're looking for in this part of the market cycle. We're looking for businesses that one can survive inflation and two can increase prices. All right. The seventh one is also on the investing theme and it's avoid investing in companies with high capital needs. Okay. So, I'll be quick with this one because we spent a bit of time on investing, but I'll give you an example. Breville. Breville makes home appliances, sells a lot in the United States. A lot of people don't know that. It's also here in Australia. It creates like probably one of the more popular coffee machines. Many people would have seen them at home. You can get the single boiler or the two boiler. It makes your coffee wonderful. I was thinking toasters and kettles. Okay. but Toasters and kettles. It does those too, cool. right? It's a great, great business. Now, Breville is the type of business where it needs to sell toasters, kettles, all that sort of stuff. So, what does it do? It builds up inventory. It designs the latest model of toaster, right? That it, they know, oh, Kate's going to like this one. Um, but- then they need to get it manufactured, they need to pay for the cost, they need to get the delivery, put it in their warehouse, and then sell it, right? So that whole thing takes months. I don't know exactly for Breville, but it would, I'd imagine it would take months, right? To go yes. from design to manufacture to shipping to available at the warehouse to then be sold to a customer, right? 
Now, if you contrast that with Zero, which does a software like I mentioned before, all Zero needs to do is a CEO or CFO just goes into the master account. They have the master <laughs> key, and me with my finger pressing a button on the table. It's kind of like that nuclear launch code. You think that's how it goes down right, in someone the company? At, someone at Zero goes in and goes, beep, boop, beep. I'm going to increase the price to not fifty-two dollars a month, sixty-two dollars oh. a month. Bang, done. Yeah. In thirty days, you receive a notice that says, "In thirty days, your price will increase ten dollars." Um, now, compare that with Breville, which all of a sudden, okay, people are comparing our toasters to someone else's toaster, but also we've got all this inventory. We've just bought all of these machines thinking that Kate's going to like this new whiz-bang toaster over here. And Kate can only have so many Kate toasters. Kate can only have so many toasters. She doesn't have to repeat purchase a new toaster every month like she does with a zero subscription. So, what I'm favoring are businesses that don't have to invest all that capital, we call it, like all that money to build a new widget when they could just increase the prices. Yeah. And so again, I, I'm very biased in this because I own shares in Zero and have done for a very long time, but you get the idea. Zero is not the only business that's like this. Like, there are many others, like Zero, uh, like Apple. If Apple increased the price of iCloud, people would just cop it. It doesn't cost them any more money to do that, but people would just pay it. Yeah. Uh, and that's another example. Hmm. Yeah. There we go. Couple of ones on the investing front. Now, the next one is one that will probably be impacting a lot of people, but it's more about crushing your mortgage or hacking it as much as you can. Mm. So if you have a opportunity to call your mortgage broker or your bank and discuss using a better rate. Yes. Yep. That might be worth its weight in gold to do. Yeah. So you can actually um now some brokers will do this already for you. So they'll go and do this for you without you even thinking. Like they won't refinance. This is a common misconception that you always need to refinance to get a better rate. In Australia at the moment, we have this real unfortunate problem where some people bought houses at the top of the market and they bought them with very big loans. Mm. And then there's some people that have lost their job in this time, right? They're what we call mortgage prisoners because they basically can't leave their house because they owe more money than things worth right now. It could ease in time. Or they just don't have the income to prove that they can get another loan. So, they can't formally refinance either. So, what you need to do is speak to your mortgage broker or research online and just figure out, can you go to the bank and say, I want a lower rate? You could even play their bluff. You could be like, I'm going to switch. And see if you can get your rate down. We've had people write into us that have saved over one percent on their mortgage. That's like a that's four RBA interest rate increases. So we want you to remember a few things. If your broker hasn't called you already, call them and say, "Can I refinance? If not, can I just send the bank a letter and say this, that, or the other?" If I'm struggling, call the hardship department. They have to offer hardship departments. Uh, another thing is use your offset account. I know you use this. I yeah. use this. Put all the money that you have that would otherwise be in savings, put that in your offset account. Um, renters, it's a hard... You don't need me to tell you this. It's hard at the moment uh, because you are in a situation where the the homeowner's costs are going up, the property owner's costs are going up, so your rent is going up. And that's not necessarily them price gouging. It's literally just because their costs are going up, so yeah. your costs are going up too. Um, and so it's neither a rentals market nor an owner's market right now. And so the only things that you can really do is try and swap out or maybe even offer your landlord a longer term uh, you know, tenancy rather than a short term, which they might get from someone else for a little bit more money. I need to prove that you basically can continue to service it. Um, 
but Kate, there is no doubt that this is single-handedly the most important tip on our list of 10. Yeah. For homeowners and for renters, finding creative ways to save on this cost is most important. And I made this point to you the other day, Kate, that uh, the first few years of having a mortgage are the most important to make the extra repayments because in those first few years, you're paying the most interest because your balance is largest. So what you should be trying to do is even like 10 bucks, 20 bucks, 50 bucks a week, a month, whatever, that it, when you pay that extra amount, what you're actually paying is not the interest. You're paying straight off the principal. So, that, so if you get to the end of the year, you're like, why hasn't this thing gone down that fast? It's because you're paying a lot of interest. So the quicker you can make those extra repayments or just put it in your offset account, the better. Yeah. I mean, it's a little disheartening when you go into your your uh, account and you look at how much of the repayment went to interest versus actually paying off the principal. Yeah. Um, now, so we'll, we'll make a bit more of an announcement about this in time, but if you are looking for a good mortgage broker or you're looking for mortgage brokers to get on your side, you can find a link in your show notes. There will be a link. Um, we are at RASC slowly rolling off a new partnership that we've got uh, with a mortgage broker uh, formerly known as Wealthful, now uh, Blusk. You may have heard Chris on the show before. So you can check out, there's a link in your show notes. You can go and you can fill out an online form and get in contact with those guys over there. So, Kate, that's number eight. Number yes. nine. Number nine is to keep your indoor plants alive. No, I mean, keep your <laughs> investing habit alive. Uh, hopefully, you have a bit more luck with this than keeping indoor plants alive. They're a bit tricky. But what I mean by this is even if you have to cut back on all your investing and savings goals because things mm. are tight, you've lost your job, your repayments, your rent's gone up, how can you do something each month to keep this habit that you've been putting into place the last few years that you've been learning about alive? So putting just putting even $5 into your investment account or your the account that you usually put money in before it's ready to invest, putting yep. $5 in a month just to keep that habit alive. Like whatever you can do to not leave investing behind fully and to still stay engaged with your portfolio. Yeah. Um, I just brought up the Raise app. Yeah. Uh, I've, through all of my investing, this is something you've always impressed upon me, Kate, is the power of automation. Now, I, I, I'm affected by interest rate increases as much as everyone listening to this. Like my mortgage has gone way up, right? So what I've done to maintain the habit is I've automated the smallest amount of money that I can possibly mm. do. So I've still got the roundup apps and all that going in the background, but I'm also depositing like 50 bucks um, just to keep it going, just to keep that habit going. Because I know if I have the choice, I'm like, I don't want to do that right now. I'd rather go like save money some other way or do whatever. Buy more eggs. Yeah, buy more eggs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's expensive. But I just want to keep the habit going. So anyone that is listening to this, we've had a lot of people write into us and say, hey, guys, super disheartened right now. I know you're saying to put more money on the mortgage as opposed to investing. And that left me feeling like I was supposed to be dollar cost averaging and doing all this. Yes. The key thing is like, remember that Morgan Housel line, which is, you know, it doesn't need to be rational. It just needs to be reasonable. So be reasonable with money. So that means that, yes, it might make sense for you to put all of your money onto your mortgage right now because that's what you need to do to get by and makes you feel better. But maybe instead of putting an extra, you know, few hundred dollars on your mortgage, maybe you put 10 bucks into your roundup or your micro account or whatever you've got going on the side. Or maybe you still contribute 10 or 50 bucks or 100 bucks or whatever you can afford into your children's account. Just something so you're maintaining the habit of investing. Yeah. Um, listening to this podcast, great stuff. And you're still staying engaged with your portfolio because when times get tough, it, it's very easy to 
completely disengage from your investments and you've put so much progress in to get to where you are now that you don't want to completely lose that even if your goals and priorities change because of the current climate. And this is, and everyone listen to this and you hit it uh, a few weeks ago, Kate, when you mentioned something like this. Like when prices are lower is when you should be investing more, right? But we don't really train ourselves to think that way. And yeah. right now things are hard, but hey, prices are lower. Like the stock prices are lower. ETF prices are lower. Bond prices are lower. Property prices are lower. So in theory, if we could take the emotion out of it, and if we could somehow in our budget scratch together some cash, maybe we cut back on that Stan subscription or that Netflix subscription, and maybe it might not seem like much. Maybe we think, I'm going to give up Netflix for the next 12 months. I'm going to stick with one streaming service, and I'm going to put that 15 bucks a month into a micro account or my kid's account because prices are lower. I know in two or three years, I'll be thanking you for it. And so- even the little bit now, you might be getting 30% more bang for your buck than you did 12 months ago or 18 months ago. So even though it might not seem like much, please keep that habit going because it is long-term investing as well as servicing your mortgage and paying yeah. it off. That and will bring you financial freedom. It's part of that mindset too. It's like when I was starting running and even now, it was I didn't tell myself how long I had to run. It was just lace up your shoes and leave the house. It yeah. doesn't matter what happens after that point. And I like to think of this like with the $5 doesn't matter how much. I'm just putting at least $5 into my investments every month to keep that habit alive and to keep myself engaged. And I think that's really important right now. Yeah. And if you can, if 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 you're wondering, like, I don't have that much money to invest right now, maybe now is your chance to compound in other ways. So maybe you're thinking, okay, I can't invest what I thought I would. I can learn more. I can experiment. Maybe you just like build a watch list of companies or ETFs that you thought, I'm probably not going to invest in this with real money. So maybe I'll just do it here with like, this is what we call paper trading, where I just like create a fake account uh, and I'm just going to try this thing out. Um, our friend Andrew Page at Strawman, he created Strawman. You can create like a fake portfolio um, of shares or whatever you want to invest in and you can just like, it creates fake money uh, and it just updates for you. That's one. But like, there are many tools and services out there that allow you to do that. And maybe this is just a way to keep learning, keep the habit, and experiment and use the things that you've got to your advantage, kind of take that glass half full approach. So that's number nine is keeping your investing habit alive. Kate, what's number 10? Lucky number 10. All right. Number 10, I think this is a good one to end the episode with because you might oh, no. be exhausted of the word inflation at this point, is just take a break from the news, take a break from the headlines, the things that say 10,000 people have just been made redundant or the market just fell this much or we're going into a recession. Like it can get very overwhelming and it's not really going to help your financial well-being and your sleep at night factor. Yes, have an idea of what's going on, but really focus on how you can protect your own financial situation and make sure you can sleep at night. You're investing in your career. You have that buffer. If the buffer has to be used, thinking of some creative ways to start rebuilding your emergency fund and getting back onto your financial feet. Yeah. I think what's really important too is We've always, we we spent so many years talking about this type of thing, like where to get your news from, how to filter the news. We um, I think you and I do a pretty good job of this these days, I and mean, it's probably a bit of self confidence bias there, <laughs> overconfidence bias. But we've always tried to tell our community the importance of understanding where you get your news from. When it comes to financial news, there is so much misinformation whether it's from politicians or journalists that simply do not understand economics. Like they just simply do not understand economics. Um, and there's like no fault of this. They have to report on it. They have to speak about it because it's so important. 
But just be really, really careful about where you get your information from. Anything that is like overly emotive, over my life, I've kind of trained myself just to avoid those websites. If they allow that type of information to go through their newspapers or their websites, I just kind of blacklist them forever. Because once or twice you can handle like someone making a mistake or journalists getting it wrong or sensationalist headlines. But over time, you realize that that is all just designed to make you, Mm. to manipulate you. And so try and stick to the news sources and the people who cut through the noise and give you proper insights. Um, You know, we can write some pretty, me, I can write some pretty funny headlines around here, but we try to be optimistic at every turn because long-term investing and long-term wealth creation is actually a good thing. And right now it seems pretty scary with a lot of the news headlines, but this won't last forever. Um, Take a break from those news sources that kind of feed on that and focus on those that are trying to give you solutions. Like today, we're talking about inflation because we know some people are really worried about it. I am too, but we're trying to give you ways to combat it. That's a very different thing to like inflation is bad. Be very afraid. Like it could erode your purchasing. Like we're not here saying that. We're here saying, well, there's actually things you can do about it. And I think you are similar to me in this way, Kate, in that you think that every time there's something, there's a problem, there's a solution. Yeah. And so by that, I mean like, you know, you go to like some, you hear people talk about, oh, I wish I could do this thing. I think, well, how do we solve that? You know, because m- regardless, money has to go somewhere. So if you think about that right now, where's money going? A lot of it's going to your mortgage, which you can't get back. But in the stock market, money's going to the companies that are solving more problems. Um, in your savings account, you go to the highest interest savings account, right? So money has to go somewhere. So find the best home for it at any one time, remembering that this won't last forever. The news headlines will eventually go away and they'll be replaced with something else and days will be happier again. Yeah, and if you are feeling a bit worried and fearful and you're not sleeping at night, find find a friend, find a family member, speak to a financial counsellor if that's right yeah, for that's you, where speak you're to any yep. expert in your life. Because talking about this, you'll find that a lot of other people are probably feeling similar feelings to you. And you don't want to be going through this alone, especially if you are having quite a tough time with your your budget and your cash flow right now. And even just after listening to this episode, go and write down in notes on your phone, what is three actions, whether they're actions from this episode or just other things you've been thinking about? What are three things you can do right now to worry less about this big scary word inflation and actually be more in control of your finances because I feel like one talking to people helps when you're feeling scared about anything really and having something actionable that you can personally do Mm. also helps a lot absolutely it does Kate absolutely it does so we I mean you've got a home here on the podcast but and we will be hosting events later in the year and they will be on budget, those those events, so you can rest assured uh, we'd love to see you in person. But there are other people out there that are going through the same things. And uh, there's some great online communities as well. But friends and family, um, as long as they're not giving you like investment advice and that type of stuff without really- or making you feel yeah. less hopeful and making you feel worse. I wouldn't want to surround myself with any of those people who are yeah. like, saying the world's going to end- and yeah, not there's, actually, and there's a lot of them. Yeah. There's a lot of people you can talk to that are going to say that. You want to talk to someone that's going to go, hey, let's, let's meal prep together or let's look for some specials on groceries or I'll help you go through your bills and maybe we can lower the cost on some of them. Yeah. And we try and do that. So if you have any ideas for us that w- you think we've missed, so we are here to try. We as a team, our job is to serve. Our job is to help you through these types of moments and keep you on the investing and money saving bandwagon. 
So if you think that we've missed something and you think, Owen, Kate, you guys could do a really good job. If you just mentioned this little savings tip or this little hack or this thing, please reach out to us because we will share it. We're looking for these things as much as the next person. So we want to make sure that yeah, your glass is half full, even at a time when things can get pretty tough, even when mortgages are going up and all the news headlines say property prices are coming down. It won't always be like this. Sometimes it will go the other way and then they'll find something else to worry about. Uh, we want to be that the kind of the optimistic person in the room, even if it comes across as we're a bit silly, because we know that things tend to get better over time. So just to recap our 10 list, uh, 10 ways to beat back inflation, we've got number one, be the best at what you can do. Make yourself the ultimate employee or contractor or whatever. Number two, Kate? Number two is get multiple sources of income. So if you can find another way to get a bit of extra cash in the bank that's not just your nine to five, get creative and find yeah. something. Air tasker, Ikea. Number three <laughs> is hack those discretionary expenses. So find the things that you maybe don't need, just get rid of them. Like, just cut it. You can always get it again if you want it in the future or sell some stuff. Number four is update your budget. Go through and reassess your priorities. Maybe reassess those goals you set six to 12 months ago and find a happy medium where you can still make progress, but you're also meeting all your financial priorities right now. Mm -hmm. And what was number five, Kay? Number five is that savers are being rewarded. So if you are someone that is saving for a goal, you have an emergency fund, Find a high interest savings account or a term deposit, whatever's right for you, but make sure you're getting a good interest rate. Yes. Yes. The loyalty tax is in full effect with the banks right now. Yes. Shop around. Some of them still have not moved their savings interest rate. Oh, we saw rate. some shockers. We've got, an, we've got a term deposit rate, uh, t term deposit episode coming up and we saw one shocker. Yes. It was still less than a percent. So be careful. Yeah. Be careful out there. Number six was invest in companies that can raise prices, companies that can you know increase the cost because they're such a good business or service. Uh, that's the kind of businesses you want to be investing in. Number seven was- Avoid investing in companies with like what I would call a lot of capital needs. So businesses that might have lots of debt or a business model that requires it to take a lot of risks with its money. You don't need to invest in those. Number eight, Kate. Number eight is crush your mortgage or hack it as much as you can. So talk to your bank, talk to your mortgage broker, do some Googling. Can you get a better rate right now? Making full use of your offset if you have one and considering adding some extra 50 mm. or $100 a month to your mortgage. Yeah. If you can, now is when you're going to get more bang for your buck. So go and give that a shot. Even if it's just a few extra dollars, chuck it in your offset, do whatever you want. Number nine was keep your investing habit alive. Thanks to technology, Kate, people can add five bucks. They can add 10 bucks or less uh, to an investing account or through an app. There are so many available out there. So go and check that out and just keep on the I guess the the the, the bike. Just keep pedaling. Yeah. Just keep, keep it pushing forward. Keep the spirit alive. <laughs> keep it going. Yeah, wave the flag. Number ten. Kate. Number ten is if it's all feeling a bit much, take a break from the news. Focus on your own financial well-being. Focus on your own situation right now. Don't worry about what everyone else is doing. Don't worry about everyone else's jobs. Focus on making sure your own foundations are secure before you help everybody else. Yeah, absolutely. And while we do encourage you to go and speak to family and friends, make sure you know who you're speaking to and understand that they may have money beliefs or biases that afflict their opinion. Or don't serve you. And don't serve you. Maybe they don't see eye to eye with you. You don't have to talk with them about money. You can find someone else. Sometimes the people that you least expected are the ones that are most aligned to your money values. And you know, here at the podcast, we want long-term investing. The world is not going into a crisis we are continually adding slowly over time because investing is not like gambling and all those wonderful things that people tend to throw at us. 
It's long-term investing that works uh, and it has shown to over a very long period of time. Little bits, lots of times. Little bits, lots of times, Kate. And there might be little bits at the moment, but that's okay uh, because eventually it compounds. Well, this is heaps of fun. If you do want to uh, reach out to us with any of your tips, please let us know. We're on Instagram, Twitter, uh, wherever you like to get in contact with us, you can. Or jump into Rascore if you want to yes. chat to people about how you're dealing with increasing prices, changing mm goals at the moment so it'd yeah. be great to have a bit of a community discussion there yeah yeah i um as you know Kate, every month we do the newsletter this month i shared because i share every month what i'm doing and how i'm thinking about the world with and what i'm doing with my money um i shared how i'm on the hunt for these businesses that are what i call anti-fragile so they don't break in fact they grow out of times like this and you can do that with etfs as well there are certain etfs that kind of go towards that, but talked about different companies and all those types of things that uh, really are exciting now more than ever. So this is heaps of fun. Kate, thanks for joining me. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast. We hope you learned something new and were able to take one thing away from this episode. If you're keen to learn more, head on over to Rask Education and take one of our free money and investing courses. You could even become a Rask Core member for less than your Netflix subscription each month. And don't forget to subscribe for new episodes in your inbox every week. Plus, if you enjoyed the show, we'd love you to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and send any questions our way via the link in the description. And before we go on, did this podcast contain personal financial advice just for me? Absolutely not, Kate. Our podcast actually contains general financial information only. What that means is the information does not take into account your financial needs, goals, objectives, or even your situation. So because of that, it's important that you consider if the information is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on it. If that all sounds a bit confusing or you're still working out what your needs are, it's a great idea to consult a licensed and trusted financial planner. And don't forget to do your own research. Are you thinking about starting your wealth creating journey, but not sure where to put your hard earned dollars? InvestSmart can help. InvestSmart offers a free quiz that makes it easy to find the right InvestSmart ETF portfolio to help you reach your goals. Just visit investsmart.com.au and hit get started. Answer a few simple questions about your goals and how much you want to invest and you'll get a tailored statement of advice with a portfolio recommendation. You can visit investsmart.com.au for a no-obligations free statement of advice. This ad is brought to you by InvestSmart Advice, AFSL 334107. For more than a decade, I've been hunting for the best investors and their methods, strategies, and tools for investing. After years in the industry, countless books, a few degrees, and 1,000 podcasts and live shows, I've rolled this accumulated knowledge into something called Rask Invest. If you've ever heard me talk about a core and a satellite, active and passive, true long-term compounding, or you simply want to know exactly how I would invest, now is your chance. Rask Invest is our new investment service, designed for all types of investors who want professional management of their core portfolio at a low cost from a team they trust. Rask Invest helps you automate your wealth creation and passive income. Simply click the link that says invest with Owen in your podcast player to join one of our live platform walkthroughs or book a call with us. You can also view the Rask Invest PDS and TMD and get invested with me.